Did you see that I posted the photo from our meetup or the photos yeah. from our meetup on Facebook? I did. Yeah. Did you like them? Mm, I'm doing it right now. Wow. That's disrespectful. You're like, why are you like this? Why are you the way that you are? Cody I'm and I, sorry. we were talking about how we are terrible at taking photos uh, when we get together or have meetings or whatever and posting it on our social. And uh, I'm trying to be better about that. So not only are we bad at taking photos, but we're also really bad at posting them. So we met up in like the beginning of October for Lisa's birthday. We flew her out from Columbia over to, to Iowa to spend her birthday with her brother and then also us. So we took like <laughs> like four or five pictures of the last day we were there and um, I just posted them. And I, But my caption was, so I have this thing where I hate, I hate it when businesses post holiday posts on their social media page. I think it's very disingenuine. Is that right? Disingenuous? Disingenuine. Mm, it's very... Sure. I don't know. It's very like pandering. I think, like, if you really want to wish people a happy Memorial Day or like wish them like, like thank, thank veterans on Veteran Day, like do it from your personal page because when you post it from your business page, it, you're just like using a cheap advertising opportunity. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I find it disrespectful and I find it quite annoying, especially when my feed and my email is just filled with businesses trying to like sneakily so- solicit them their brands to me. Uh, so as a, as a thing, since I do all of our Evergrow social, I don't post a single holiday post, like no Thanksgiving, no Christmas, nothing. And, uh, just cause that's what I believe. I think for the most part you agree or you just don't care. I don't, I yeah, don't care at yeah. all. Okay. Well, well, good. Um, because I care and I care not to do it. Um, but I did post today one because of the day off and then two, I needed to, get something on there from when our team actually met up last October. So I said, Hey, I don't usually post holiday stuff on the company page, but we are very thankful for our team who we've, who, uh, we all met up beginning of last month Mm -hmm. and it was like kind of like topical, but I didn't say anything about Thanksgiving. I just said, we're thankful and that's it. Um, yeah, we're grateful. Yeah. So, uh, well, we're, we'll have to, in January, Cody and I are flying out to Columbia to visit Lisa, but really it's a quote unquote business expense. Mm. Um, business trip, business trip, business trip, which will be we're expensed. Gonna, we're going to business. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take care of business in Columbia <laughs> on January, January something. Um, but we will make it a point to take pictures. Yep. We've got to do better. Yeah. I think that'll be easier to do so because it'll, so much will be different that we'll feel obligated but i say that i'm just being hopeful at the same time Lauren and i went to mexico when we went to mexico a few weeks ago we didn't even take any pictures well crap don't say that i was hoping that we'd do better so well you and we can do better because it's going to be a business thing and like that'll be in in like the front of our mind but like i pictures were not a thing for me in mexico i don't know well i've I have beef with how people do pictures now. I hate when I go places and just see the constant selfies. And like, yeah. I think it's because I, I'm at the University of Iowa and where my class is, is in front of the old Capitol building where that whole area gets pimped out. <laughs> as the, you like, just walk by people taking selfies all day long. Yeah. I just see nothing but college girls taking selfies. And it's, uh, it kills me inside. But, I, I don't know. There's, I don't, I just think of how many photos they're going to have and it's insane. Like how, how many photos are you keeping of yourself? <laughs> like it seems unhealthy, but, I, but the flip side is, you know, you should take photos. You should take some. So if nothing else to commemorate the experiences that you have. So 
Yeah, we're we're we do that, and and we want to do like a yearly photo album of everything we've done, like not just like from abroad, but like domestically as well. And I mean, we've got to do three years worth of it now. But this will be my first coding project that I'm going to code from scratch. It's going to be an online, like a, basically a website, but photo albums for each year. And that way we want to like physical uh, albums laying around that we don't know what to do with. Um, but I want to get really creative with it and everything. So we do want to take a lot more pictures when we travel. It's just Mexico was like, that was the second time we went there in two years. And we were just kind of like, well, we did all of our photos the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's like and, after you have one kid and then the second kid, you're like, yeah. <laughs> not as exciting anymore so we'll just do the major photos and <laughs> yeah well i guess when we go to a new country it's always big i um what was it i can't remember where i what what i was listening to um oh no i was i was reading a blog post and it was um the there's a difference between the um the the rich and the ultra wealthy and you could spot this difference when they board private jets because the both, both of them are going to be doing it but the rich will take photos before they board and the ultra wealthy will not. And the rich will be nicely dressed when they board. The ultra wealthy will not. Hmm. And I, I, I can I, I can believe that. I think the ultra wealthy will just get on with like their pajama pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, everybody, welcome back to the Everbros podcast. Uh, we didn't have a we didn't have like an, a title sequence in the last episode because we went on a huge tangent um and that went the entire length of the episode so now we're back and we're going to actually talk about what we had planned which is uh the problem with most digital marketers and i this is a this is like a new thing for me like this is this 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 wasn't a topic that was queued up i real i recognize this over the last couple of days of why there's a lot of digital marketers just annoying the hell out of me lately and there's a there's a common theme with them and the theme is is nobody wants to learn anything new or admit they're wrong and i'll, I'll give you a quick example so uh google's helpful content and spam update recently came out and a ton of seos have had their sites just plummet in ranking and this is way more pre- prevalent in the local business industry or the or the the service area business the sab industry as as we say it because a big practice of this is to be very spammy with your Google business listing and location pages and just providing content that's not super helpful but is there to influence the algorithm. Um, well, uh, Google, Google's new recent updates, it, it suggested that they've targeted a lot of these local businesses and their websites for these spammy practices. Um, but uh, nobody wants to change what they're doing. They're pointing fingers at different things and they're wondering why their sites are dropping, turning to the community instead of just looking inwardly at their policies. And then the uh, other thing that I've recently noticed too is that Google is making a huge, uh, like a bigger push for uh, using ad extensions on like Google ads or in search ads. So then all of the organic results are just pushed down to below the fold. And then even above that, they have like knowledge panels and like zero position results. Like you type in like what day is MLK day? And then like Google will explain, it will display that in a rich snippet versus an actual link to a site. So there's a lot of SEOs out there complaining that their site's getting no traffic via SEO because everything is just being shoved down to the bottom of the page. And someone posted this in the Google SEO mastermind uh, group. Maybe it was that one. Maybe it's a different one, <laughs> but uh he was like, yeah, everything is just ads. And then I just commented on there and just said, so sell ads. Like, <laughs> why is that? A, how is that a hard thing to understand? And I think what it comes down to is like, nobody wants to learn something new because they have to. 
they want to learn something new because they want to. And I think that's what makes digital marketers suck. Mm. I think there's also they there's different people in different businesses that they're building. And those people are just building thin businesses. They found something. I I've said this before to some e-commerce people when they it, it happens both ways. Like if you're an affiliate with one website or you're an e-commerce company with one product and you're calling yourself a business. And I say, you don't have a business. You have a website or you have a product. There's nothing that you are doing yet that is any sort of resilient appearance of, of a standing business. You'll be wiped out. You, you have a stroke of luck and you've gotten fortunate uh, with how much success you've seen. You need to work now. Like you need to build out horizontally and start building that resilience is the word into your business so that when these things happen, you don't care because they shouldn't hurt you that much. Mm-hmm. And we did that with um, we did it with SEO and Google ads. Like we we kind of went to the market with wanting to offer more SEO because the margin was high. There's no cost of goods sold. <clears throat> and um, but we bundled we bundled it with Google ads just because we know that that's just kind of like the search engine package that you need. Yep. And it's it's made a shift. We talked about it in a previous episode about adjusting your values. And we made that shift of saying, okay, SEO in this package is a value add. It's not like a focused service and it's worked for us because let's just say Google got rid of, they, they had less ads on there. Maybe they had only two ads at the top now instead of up to four and SEO became way more prominent. Well, good thing. Guess what? Google ads is now the value add on that package and we focus on SEO, but it just happened to turn the other way around where we can say Google ads is the primary service you're paying for. And then SEO is the value add. And but like we're not done there. We we realize that we're getting asked questions about offering other services like Facebook ads and Nextdoor ads, which we we have added a couple of those. And then um, we're exploring other options too because we don't want to become we, we want to become diverse in our services, but only diverse in a way that's profitable and scalable. Um, we don't want to be offering logo designs or flyer designs or anything or any of this. We want the entire business model to be based off of MRR or monthly reoccurring revenue yep. yeah uh, i as far as beef goes with other digital marketers i think one of my biggest ones is they're just kind of pseudo professionals in a lot of cases it's this catch-all uh, it's i guess like sales right because there is crossover with sales it's this catch-all industry for people who want to try hard but there's low barrier to entry so there's a hot mess of everything from people who have no idea what they're doing to people who are very uh successful and educated when it comes to the topic and what's cool about it too is you don't have to be a salesperson because you can just be a nerd and like Mm -hmm. and sell your nerdiness and Mm -hmm. people buy it yep yeah and you want that right especially with ads like you want math guys you want guys who are good at math to run ads uh the other stuff i mean depends what you're doing um like if it's content writing then you want a writer that's a different personality too but so there's a broad spectrum of different kinds of people but it's not what you think it can be you don't have to be sales you can be just yourself in in whatever kind of niche professional you are with marketing but yeah the the problem is there's no barrier to entry anybody can hop in at any point in time they can know a lot they can know a little and because of that it's the same thing with lawn mowing right you've got really big legitimate outfits and then you've got the guy who's still somehow doing 20 dollars cuts with this push mower and uh 
unfortunately, some people will see them as competing and they're not the same market at all. Yeah, I um, I also think I like the, the what you said before about this, too, because in your last job, you said uh, digital marketing is an industry that people people who go into decide to try harder later in life. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like I, we've talked about this before, but I don't know a single person in digital marketing who went to college wanting to do digital marketing. Like mm-hmm. they got out or they didn't go to college and then all of a sudden they're faced as an adult and they're basically a piece of shit. And they're like, how do I not be a piece of shit? <laughs> I know I know some people at this point who have gone to school for marketing and for marketing in general feels- or for like digital marketing? No, for marketing in general. And I know that's broad because you can do a lot of things with just marketing instead of just go to digital marketing. But there's I'd say there's a close alignment with PR. People who are interested in marketing are also like fringe PR people mm. who find that interesting too. So they're pretty and they like being pretty and they <laughs> want to do the professionalism of marketing in a, in a bigger setting with PR stuff, which is the complete opposite of me and anything that I want to do. But uh, yeah, that's cool. There's that thing. And I guess they're probably happy, but I have a hard time imagining if you were to ask me, like, should I go to school for marketing? I'd say, no, absolutely not. You don't need to go to school for this. And in fact, everything that you're going to learn has nothing to do with what you're going to do at school anyway. All the books that I've read, none of them were recommended in school. All the ones that we have the minions read, not recommended in school. And they're very good. There's there's not a ton that you have to read, um, but they are very important and very good books. But it's a lot cheaper than the, the, what you're going to pay in tuition. So do we something do, else. We should do a blog post on the books you should read to become mm-hmm. a marketer on the Everbros site. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, and I don't want to like blanket the statement like if you started doing digital marketing it's because you were a piece of crap before like you probably weren't maybe you were happy with yourself but you found a passion in digital marketing that's cool too i'm just saying you're an outlier okay hold on here's here's a big one you have people who are sick and tired of the traditional professional life in which you are physically working in the place that you live and you're tied down to that so you've got the entry of i want to be a remote worker and marketing seems to be relatively low entry compared to other sorts of remote work such as coding right that's fair that's fair yeah and yeah uh cool i get that and i like it i there's a reason why i wore remote (laughs) but um, and you can do it anytime too. Like if you're into like lawn mowing, you have to do it before the sun sets. Whereas like mm-hmm. marketing, like you you know, you get to two a.m. crank out your work and then go to you know go to your actual job at seven a.m. Yep. Yeah. So that's another thing. You have people who have, I mean, people who have come from very professional things, like lawyers and stuff, who have taken major pay cuts. I think that was um, Creative Kate. She's a travel blogger. I think I want to say she was like a lawyer, and now she's a travel writer. I don't know if she's still around. Actually, that was a long time ago, but. Uh, yeah, it would be be hard. And I think you would expect not to uh, make as much money when you make that sort of job. Maybe you don't care. Maybe it's worth it because you get that flexibility and stuff. But yeah, all that leads to this hot mess of miscellaneous people with uh, there's no major authority figure saying these are the credentials to do this or these are the people who aren't doing it legitimately because uh, you just need a computer well i think i think the problem with marketers is they get it they get into it for like reasons that aren't sustainable so like um i I mean in terms of actually being a good marketer or good digital marketer and one of those reasons is i want to be able to be remote and uh work when i want Mm -hmm. and then also make a decent living but that's not sustainable. Like it's it's sustainable for a lifestyle, but it's not sustainable for you being a good digital marketer. What is sustainable is you loving what you do and understanding that 
when you in, when you start doing digital marketing, yeah, you might have had an ulterior motive, but if you want to grow and you want to be more successful, you have got to diversify and you have got to realize that uh, you are likely wrong in everything you say. And <laughs> <laughs> this is the lesson that I had to learn from you because I was very adamant about like, no, 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 I'm right. I learned this from Neil Patel. This is correct. <laughs> and, and like, frankly, it's just not like, question everything you say I, there was a thing that i saw someone posted on facebook and it said uh um uh, speak as if you are correct but listen as if you are wrong or listen as if you know nothing and that's nice. yeah so i i mean that's how i speak confidently and i think a lot of people will believe me when i talk about things which they should because i'm right and <laughs> but then like also when i hear things especially from you i question everything i know because <laughs> you just have such a more like logical approach to things than I, that I do. And like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, there, there's one, like if you follow any marketing blogs out there, you'll see that, Hey, if you have a contact form above the fold of the actual page, your conversion rate will increase. There's tons of studies that validate this, but there's nothing that proves that that is a rule. So we did a very similar study to this as well. Uh, it was a little different. It was, um, or was that one? Oh, it's having a contact form on every page versus just a button that links to the contact page. Yep. Yeah. A clear call to action button. Yeah. Because that. Yeah, the, yeah. the idea is that you remove friction by by eliminating somebody to have to take another click in order to get mm -hmm. to the contact form. And every marketing blog you read out there is going to tell you, no, if you have the button out, if you have the button that links to the contact form, you'll get less conversions than if you just have the form on the page. So we ran an, we actually ran an A-B test on this. And what were, the result, what were the results? We couldn't find that it was statistically significant to prove that. There wasn't a big enough uh, performance difference with statistical significance to say that it's worth doing. So, mm -hmm. and then for the client that we did this for, he was like, well, I actually like the button. It looks nicer anyway. So cool. Yeah, like, we did too. <laughs> That's why we do it. <laughs> well, I think because like you have to you can't just say like, hey, I did I we did an A-B test out of 100 visits and 54 of them uh, used the form and then 46 of them clicked the button to go to the form. Uh, therefore, more people, you know, you need to have a contact form on the page. That's not true at all. I mean, technically, in that example, it's true, but it, the statistical variability of that is completely insignificant hmm. and it, it's. Um, you know, if maybe if you're in the trial for another hundred runs, maybe it flips the other direction. What it, what would be st st statistically significant is if 75 people, uh, your conversion rate increased by like 75% the majority of the time on one or the other. And I think, I think what ours was, it was like, I think one of, one of them was like maybe 5% higher. Uh, it increased the conversion rate by like 5% than higher than normal. Which, when you have a conversion of ten percent, five percent of ten percent is like one. <laughs> it depends how big your accounts are that yeah. you're doing this with, right? You're doing multi multi millions, then these little things are important. But I'm I'm a big believer in the uh, test small, win small, test big, win big. <laughs> you want to see the big gains, do the big changes. Like, yeah, uh, it's cool to do. It's fun to do those small tests, just because it's. I, don't know, I think it's fun to tweak with those things. But if you want to see the big gains, you got to do huge, monumental differences. But yeah, I like I like that point that you said. People, that's a that's a very popular belief where people say remove friction, make it easier to get people exactly where you want them to go. There's also the uh, there's benefit to depending on what you're selling and and what industry you're in to nurturing and you bring people along a path. 
and then you get buy-in as as they go through along the process and that can actually perform better too but you don't know unless you're testing those things yeah and, increase friction how bad do you want my services yeah but are, of course are you willing to go through three pages of forms and if so then you're probably a really good fit it's easier to just read neil patel and be like but he said so <laughs> this is the right thing his writer said um <laughs> Okay, and that's that's actually I only written down two. This is the second one, which it goes along with that, and it's that marketers are not creative people. A lot of them, and that's yeah. We we say we're not creative, but it's it's we're to clear to clarify that we are not a creative agency. No, we, I, I say this to Lauren all the time. We are not visually creative, but we are, we are creative when it comes to solving problems. Yeah, we have creative people, and we can come up with creative marketing solutions, but the. Like being a creative agency is a completely different thing. That's the type of services that you're offering. And honestly, I, I have very little interest in that because people do not value financially creatives, um, which is another topic entirely. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, I don't know. It's like they spend zero time doing critical thinking about the different approaches that they can do in, in different places of marketing. Something as simple as, okay, search ads. You have to write ads. They're ads. They're, they're very simple. They're very easy. You have very limited character space and you have to write things that are going to be appealing. And some people just really struggle. And I, I used to think I struggled with it, but it's actually just because I'd like to think about it. I like spent a lot of time thinking about, okay, what kind of messaging is going to be attractive here? What's going to work? And yeah, what, would, what would get me? What would get me to click? Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah. We've got uh, a Christmas light campaign, like Christmas, Christmas light installation campaign going right now. The click the rate's like 20%. It's insane. It's through the roof. And that's fun. The it's Ryan's. fun to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hell mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to do that. Um, for of course, it's easy. Anything seasonal, it's easier to get a higher click through rate. But uh, it's fun to tweak with ad messaging and be creative like that. But I, I don't see people do it. I see them really struggle to. I think it's because because it is that catch all of people who are like, I want to be professional, but I don't know what I'm doing, so I just end up with a job in marketing, and then they just want to be told. How how do I do this? How do I write a good ad? It's like, well, yeah, that's again. when you that's when you attend a, a, a quote unquote free webinar and download the the ten keys to ad copywriting <laughs> and then pay fifteen hundred dollars to enroll in a master class that doesn't get you anywhere. Oh, yeah, okay. Actually, I wanted to talk about this. This is a little off topic. It could be a topic entirely by itself, but I'll bring it up here. Um, I am frustrated now at times when I realize like sexually I or like normally, <laughs> yeah, sexually. <that's laughs> Um, when I realized I don't have as easy of access to, I was thinking about conferences is what it is. Um, I hate conferences. I don't like them. I, they're just really expensive and you don't actually learn. Okay. I love them. The alcohol is free. <laughs> if, if you have nothing else, you have no other options, then conferences are cool, I guess. And you'll probably learn things that it doesn't take much to make your money back. Especially if you're a big agency, it doesn't cost that much to go compared to how much money you can make back from what you learn there. Even if you only learn a small number of things, if they're good things and you make more money from them, cool, you paid it back. But compared to just talking with some of the people that I used to work with and knowing how smart they are, and I just want to have like a, a meetup. And I, I don't know, I might try to do something like this where... I just want to be able to say, how are you doing things? How is it going for you? Um, what's your approach? To this? I was doing this with Google Analytics 4 because I was setting up, I was working on how we're going to roll out um, our new approach to GA4 with tracking. Which is something stuff. we had to learn because we have to evolve as digital marketers. Ooh, good, 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 good. And uh, th there was just a lot where 
ga4 is a hot mess god it's it's such a hot mess right now um they're trying but it came out half baked they're like trying to catch up with it and some one of the things is with events they have parameters i was trying to think of okay well do we need parameters for the events that we're going to do and it would be nice but then i looked further and the reporting on parameters just isn't that great yet so i thought okay well then i guess we'll just hang on until google gets their life together and then we'll deal with it but what i really wanted to do was just like meet with three different people that i used to work with in in various places that also do very similar things and say what are you doing how are you doing this um because uh, people are going to look at our accounts that won't at some point in time other marketers will review our accounts just like we review other accounts from other marketers too when we we say got a new client Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we if a client leaves us and goes somewhere else, like someone's going to be auditing basically our work. Yep. We see their approach and what their style was to building out the structure and stuff. And ours is, we're very utility. Like it's very straightforward, very simple. We are doing things. We don't over-engineer. It's optimized. It's, yes, yes, yes. There's no wasted time, wasted space doing things just for the the appearance of doing things like a lot of marketing agencies like to do. Uh, but I wish that that were easier to just know what other people were doing, um, at least the good ones. Because when I review those other accounts, though, like it, it does, it's not going to happen moving forward. But when I used to review a uh, analytics account and they've got one view called all website data. And, <laughs> and I'm like, You're like okay, oh my. Well, they didn't really know what they're doing. That's fine. It's OK. Someone's listening. But, I'm like, that's all I have. Like, what am I doing me. wrong? <laughs> um but yeah Uh, to be fair ga4 uh they've got data streams and it's uh i i don't really even i don't see much use yet for our case on building out multiple data streams yet uh it's really just what's a data stream some people are equating it to views in google analytics and saying that you can kind of you can if you want to build out similarly but i think it's overkill um, Mm -hmm. at least for us now if depends Uh... on the business i could see like a bank or something that has a ton of internal traffic to the website. I, I okay. I bet. I bet it has to relate to first-party data. Is I bet you can pull in first-party data from your CDP and then like just create a view of like a specific audience segment. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because we we do but this at my day job. You can do that. They have audiences too. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's, there's a lot of things in analytics. It's like yeah. how do you want to do it? You can do it multiple ways. And of course, they'll tell you one way, but you're free to do it how you want. Anyway, and and offshoot. Well, this, I mean, it's a good, it's a good offshoot because I can guarantee you that the marketers that I'm talking about that have the issue that we're talking about, um, don't have these discussions. They're not they're like, like lost already. Yeah. Like, wait, well, all looks like, like that. What am I, they're still stuck there. They're, they're like, not, what? they're not like having these conversations with like peers and everything, because like you said, they just want everything done for themselves or done for them and mm-hmm. don't actually want to do the deep dives of understanding the platforms that you're you say you're using if, if you want to sell yourself of being that marketing nerd for your client you have to be that marketing nerd you can't just pretend to be yeah. and th- fortunately you can be and you don't have to like become a hermit and you know do nothing all day like cody but like, you can yeah but you can <laughs> <laughs> i don't but but i do dive into this because it does interest me and i like being right so like <laughs> i like learning things and being able to to tell teach people about some of this stuff and it's not as nerd like i don't know before i started doing solo learn and like learning css i knew like nothing about coding or anything like that still really don't but you don't have to 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 dive into google analytics or take google's free course on ga4 and and actually learn about some of this stuff that's something that i always come back to too is when i beat myself up because i think man 
I don't know this as well as I'd like. I'm learning what I have to learn to get to like the level of de- deliverables that we need to for our agency to do. Um, but th- to be fair, that's all you have to do. All you have to do is know more and do better than the people who are wanting to buy your services. So, it, it, And again, it, it comes back to this thing that I love, which is it's not your job to know the answers. It's your job to find the answers. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, this, so go ahead. as long as you can do that and then... I used to think a lot more about this just because sales, it's not my thing. I don't like to, it's not something that excites me, but um, just because I overthink it and I used to be much more of an overthinker and then I realized overthinkers don't make money. So (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you just got to let it rip, right? And um, that's what I come back to. And that's what I'll remind people too when talking about these things is ultimately at the end of the day, all you have to do, you have to do one thing. You have to give people things, they have to pay you and you make money and you did it. Good job. <laughs> you you are successful. Do more of that. You are now a business person. So uh, with this sort of thing, the solution that we need needs to function for the service that we're selling. And then we sell it. Are they happy with it? If they're happy, congrats. We've done it. Like that's that's all we have to do. Of course, it's much nicer if we can build out really fancy stuff and we can pat ourselves on the back and say, wow, that's really impressive. Look how smart we are. But that's not obligatory. The only thing that matters is we sell a service. They pay us. They're happy. They keep paying us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and speaking to like people who outsource the work, like you can sell the service and outsource it. Like that's a business model you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to know any of the information. Uh, yep. I don't recommend doing that because I outsource only works for so long. And then you're also not in control of the actual output. And, yeah. um, but, uh, I think the other thing about this was like the fear of being wrong. So like when you have, I, I suffered from this a lot too, which is when you're a digital marketer, the thing about digital marketing is it's, it's an abyss. Like it's something that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, people know that you can run ads. People know that like you can have a website, but the majority of the businesses you talk to, either they are just, they just have a very foundational understanding of what search engine optimization is, or they have a very foundational understanding of like boosting a Facebook post or something, but they don't actually know how a lot of it works and how a lot of the optimizations play into it. So it's very easy to just kind of talk over a customer or a client and just be like, you know, hey, we do this and then like have them not understand what you're talking about and then sell that service. Um, then you kind of build up this, like this false like ego, like this false, um, I know what I'm talking about because I do this and my clients believe me and my clients trust me. But then when you actually get into a group of your peers that who, who know what the hell they're talking about and have been doing this longer than you and have way more accounts than you and spend way more money doing it than you, um, suddenly you're no longer a big fish in a small pond. And you have to realize that maybe some of the things you told your clients are just wrong. And you didn't actually perform the test yourself. Somebody else did, and they found this. But you're so adamant about what you have read online that you refuse to accept peer um, review and peer... um, what's the word uh other other peers testing stuff um feedback too yeah, yeah. feedback yeah so i i kind of fell into this trap too when we first started partnering too because i was like i know a lot about seo i've read a lot about it i've like studied it extensively and then like all you had to say was yeah but did you test it <laughs> it's like no i read the other tests and <laughs> and like it just goes to show that like just because something works for one industry doesn't mean it works for another industry and just because something works for one market doesn't mean it works for a different market and um also, like just because it works, you know, it, it worked or didn't work two years ago doesn't mean it does or doesn't work today. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, I, I think that's a big, that's a, that's, I don't know why I don't feel like marketers are like they, no, nobody, no marketer likes another marketer. I, I, <laughs> it's weird, especially online. It's like, there's always like headbutting and nobody will ever agree on something or nobody will come to an agreement on something. It's either you believe one thing or you believe the other thing and then you'll just, you'll never meet. Yeah. The, the loud ones anyway, right? The ones that I always like are like, you don't hear about them. Like they're, they're not very active. <laughs> you don't even know they're a marketer. They, they're living a completely you know, different and chill life where it's not their, their identity. But <laughs> there's, there's one guy who was like, he's like, everybody got hit by the spam update. So what are you guys doing to recover? And like people commented, they're like, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> don't include me in that. And he's talk like, about yourself. He's like, what do I do? And I commented, I just said, don't be spammy. i'm not gonna give you tips on like how not to be spammy or how to recover from the spam update i don't know man i'm not your seo guy you're your seo guy yeah there's so much of this that that blends over like when marketing is the business then there's a lot of blend between like what is marketing and what is business operations and then some of the things i just don't know what to tell them because they're asking marketing questions and i'm like you don't have a marketing problem (laughs) your marketing is your marketing you got business problems. So that's why that's actually why I'm meeting with um, this guy about his appliance repair business because he was in an, an SEO, like a local SEO group, and um, he happened to live like right next to me. So um, meeting up, but I basically said um, I was going through some of his problems, and um, it, he has like over 200 reviews on Google. He's like he does super great, um, makes over a quarter million a year by himself, and I was like, yeah, this is all like really good, like. Um, he goes, yeah. So how many leads do I need to bring in to add another person to my team? I'm like, that's a weird question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, Cause like we run out, we've run our business for like three, four years now. And like, that's not something we would say. We would say at what reoccurring <laughs> revenue point do we need to get to in order to afford a new person? Or, in, uh, or you flip it. It's like, once we're here, we will do this. Like we have it projected with the plan. It's not. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. And, and so yeah. I'm like. I'm, my initial thought is if you're doing 300k, you should already have another employee. Just, just, just topically, like from from a thousand feet looking down. I, again, I don't know anything, but so I I told him, like I was like, do you know like your cost of goods sold? Do you know your gross profit versus your net profit? And ultimately, the answer is no. Like he's like, I know my, I know I make money. I know there's money in the business. I know I'm not negative. <laughs> I was like, okay, so you don't have a marketing problem then. Like, I don't know why you're spending so much time in these marketing groups because what you have is a business problem and you need to know your numbers. And um, he goes, yes, how do I learn my numbers? <laughs> so I was like, okay, so this is like the perfect guy to partner up with then because I know numbers and he knows how to execute the, mm-hmm. the work. So um, it was very much like, it was weird because like I was telling uh, Lauren that there, in order for a successful partnership to, to happen, there needs to be a Jake and a Cody. <laughs> and, and like, obviously you're the Cody to my Jake, but then like, I am the Cody to his Jake. Mm. And, and it feels weird because, because <laughs> I'm like, if you consider me a Cody, then like, God help me. <laughs> she goes, yeah, nobody can like out Cody Cody. But what she meant by that was like, nobody can be as logical and as like stoic <laughs> as you <laughs> yeah they robot yeah so i'm curious to see what it's going to be like to have um a big picture guy work on the numbers and kind of the big picture of the business and then have like an actual operations guy work on training and actually doing the work um mm-hmm. so it's i don't know i'm i'm a big believer in that nobody anybody who's what is it there's the saying of like if you flip a coin 
and you guess heads and it lands on heads like that person will write a book on how on how to <laughs> how to uh, correctly predict a coin flip and then the person who predicted tails can't right but they had equally <laughs> equally good chances of being successful at that i don't think anybody lives long enough to get statistically significant data on running a business i think that there are too many and as time goes on the impacting variables are too different to account for so i think you give it a shot and you can give multiple shots and i just think a lot of it is i don't want to discount people's hard work because there's a lot of hard work and that's a huge like one of the biggest factors right pride single biggest one but there's also a lot of stuff that's just it's crapshoot and unpredictable and it's hard to uh you know, know what you're missing or know if something's going to work fully beforehand because everything's different and you just hope for the winning combo and strive for it. But um, I don't think it's as simple as, you know, you, you you shoot 10 times. If you have everything accounted for, you'll win 10 times. I don't I don't think it's that simple. I'm curious to see how this potential partnership will go, because I feel like with you, you and I, I think we got lucky and like we found the winning combo by luck. And so, yeah, starting yeah. a second business is very nerve-wracking because now you now i actually have the chance to tarnish a perfect record (laughs) one one for one but the question (laughs) becomes is if i go two for two can i write a book on being a successful business owner or did i just get lucky twice yeah and if you ask me i'm gonna say twice not not to insult you (laughs) so then because so then i need to start three businesses (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah, exactly is it it three is three the number that i can write a book about it Uh, keep going keep going man no i (laughs) because i think about what if you ask me if I let's say I start a second business, right, we, we all start second businesses um, without each other in, in some capacity. And then one of us is successful and the other is a failure. It would be easy to like the, the simple solution would be like, well, I didn't partner with him. So that's that was the one major, very clear difference. And does that mean I'm not good or whatever? And I'd be like, no, not, not necessarily. There's there's so many other factors that come into play that you don't. You don't necessarily know that. Of course, that's not a fun topic, though. And if you have a podcast, you're supposed to say very simply and very straightforward. Well, it's important who you partner with. And if you did it right, then, of course, it will work. And I don't think life is that simple. I think I think there's two there's two tenets that I'm I'm looking forward to this partnership and thinking that it'll be successful because we already believe that number one is you don't find um, you don't do business with friends. You find friends in business Hmm. and we're already heading into this. I haven't even met this guy in person and we're going to meet today. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is your business partner needs to have skills that you don't have mm-hmm. and, and yeah. they need to be essentially equal. So if he is all operations or if not operations, but if he's all like execution and I am all mm-hmm. operations um, and, and marketing, then it's, it's a really good combination, even though it's not quite different like me and you or like, mm-hmm. uh, or you and I are very, um, we're, we're, we're very similar and but also but our skills are different whereas like this guy tyler like he, he him and i are just very different i think as mm-hmm. people and as our capabilities so um i'm very curious to see how this pans out and if it's if it is successful then i can at least assume for a short term that there is somewhat of a formula to success even though the majority of it's luck and you can sell it and then that's when you make the big money that's true Yes, that's the whole goal <laughs> is to just sell, sell, sell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sell the courses. Go, yeah. uh, go surfing on a beach. 
Uh, well, we should. Coconuts. I don't know if, when we sell our courses I and mean, when we actually have our courses, should we treat that as a separate business or is or did we did we do this to build it up? And how, how does that work? Can that be the third one? If we succeed at that, is that three businesses? <laughs> Can I write a book? <laughs> I think it just it grows and then evolves from there. I don't know. I, I think those things are too difficult to predict. <laughs> but this is this is my approach, though. I like minority a minority mentality, blah, minority mentality with all of it. I think if you're coming in, coming coming in as a minority partner is a good thing. Um, Which is what because, I'm going to be doing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think not because handy. I'm not, not because I'm quarter Asian, but because I'll have less stake. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, coming in with, I think the same thing with a, just a, a low approach to business too. I like small businesses that can be bootstrapped. I don't like things that you need to do crazy VC funding and that sort of stuff. It's just too aggressive, too high stress. Too, yeah, it scares me. Yeah, it's not for me. So even if, um, yeah. but the, the other thing I think about partnerships too is I just, I, I'm, I'm the guy at Blackjack where if I'm up, I leave. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and they're like, well, you're winning. Why would you walk away? I'm like, because I won. Because, yeah, yeah. No, no, no I'm not. You don't understand. I'm not winning. I won. It's over. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when people are like, would you partner again? I'm like, why? What? I I did it and it worked. So, you know, maybe, maybe, but no, I'm not thinking that way at all. I'm like, I got lucky. That was sweet. That's awesome. I'll try this on my own. Probably, maybe. Uh, but mm, another partner, hard talent. I, I think even if you do it with or without a partner, I think, um, and you win, let's just say we, let's say we, we did another business venture together and mm-hmm. we won again. I don't, I still don't think that that's an independent variable. I think that's like, that's still us starting a second business with a formula. It's mm-hmm. the formula is you and me plus success or equals success. And even then, like, it feels like we're removing luck out of the equation and saying, oh, if you just do it right with the right person. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then, I don't want to discount that. Yeah. I think that's that's right there is the single biggest thing that you can and should bet on if you if you do it twice in a similar way but tweak it just replicate just keep doing that and then retire (laughs) i i don't like i don't want to do a business i don't want to have a business by myself like i like we did really good as a partnership Mm -hmm. i don't want to run it by myself because i don't want to be the only person that everything flows up to um Mm -hmm. and you know they always say the shit rolls downhill and like when you're an owner of business you are at the bottom of the hill uh, <laughs> and, and uh even when i like, i have a plan to like start my own lawn care business for instance um I, eventually i want to partner with somebody whether that's you or with somebody that is in the operations of it and has experience in the industry because i can't be everything to get it off the ground yeah yeah those people are impressive that's for sure yeah i'm i know i'm not i'm not that so <laughs> that's a good thing to know though yeah no. all right cool, cool i i enjoyed this i enjoyed this episode Especially the end of it, even though it had nothing to do with the topic. Yeah, well, that's okay. Well, anyways, digital marketers suck. Yep. In the most part. and, and Us included. Yep, we do. Mm-hmm. Mm. But um, thanks for uh, listening to this episode. Um, hope to see you guys uh, next one. Yep. See you.